0: Welcome to face to face broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. I appreciate every minister of the gospel. Pastor, leader of an organization. Functioning in one leadership capacity or the other. Thank you for coming. When we're through, you'll be the one saying thank you. Amen. Glory to God. I want to believe that anybody that constantly comes for meetings like this is someone that is hungry for more. hallelujah. I want to believe that anybody that is interested in being in these meetings is someone that is saying, "Lord, you can do more than what I'm seeing." And there will be expansions on every side. There will be multiplications. The things you are already handling or holding in your hand. What God is putting, your hand cannot carry it. Amen. 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 Your hand will not be able to carry it. Hallelujah. You know, um, a few weeks back, I just returned from a trip. And um, I've had discussions with several people. And um, there's something I kept repeating. It was that one of the greatest experiences it left me with is that the ministers in Nigeria are doing great things. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? So if you are a pastor, a minister in Nigeria, give a big God bless you to yourself and other ministers. Amen. Amen. Have, I have always honored ministers in this country, but I honor them more, hallelujah. There is no country currently in the world that has more ministers impacting the world than Nigeria, amen. Hear from me, amen. There is no country in the world that has more ministers of the gospel impacting the nations of the earth like Nigeria. Before now, you say, oh, the American ministers, now Nigerians have taken over. Amen. They are shaking nations. Shaking nations. And some of you might not understand that you are in the midst of a move of God. Amen. You are in the midst of a move of God. Some things you take for granted in your church, happening in your meetings. there are testimonies that are published in newspapers in other countries. But they happen every day in your church. Awesome things are happening. And I am grateful to God that I am part of it. Amen. Amen. This meeting this weekend will shift you. Hallelujah! Yeah. Today, tomorrow morning, and next, and the ne- and the evening session, it will be an awesome, awesome shift for you forever. Amen. Um, we're going to be touching some core things. Hallelujah! Some things that are not touched all the time, you know, and um, some things that maybe we just brush aside and. Don't give so much attention to. We'll talk along those lines and the Holy Spirit will help us. Um, Are you ready? Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that productivity is a proof of knowledge. If somebody is producing, it means they know something. Hello? You might not like the person's face. (laughs) You might not like his style. But anywhere you see productivity is a place to learn. Are you listening to me? So, anytime, even in the world, you see productivity, there's something they know. Hallelujah. Of course, much more in the kingdom. So today... I want to encourage you a little before I start ministering. Please receive. Amen. There are people that even came casually for some meetings and they are still running with what they received. How much more you that came purposely, amen, to receive? I know you will receive tonight. I shared a testimony in, in the service, uh, church service this morning about something that happened to a young man who was in university at that time I was still in school and we were praying in the morning we were having a, just morning regular morning, myself and my roommate we were just having morning prayers I would pray to a point then a, a prophecy was welling up from within me so I just started speaking for the word so I was just prophesying, and my roommate didn't feel that the prophecy was <laughs> connected to him. Are was understanding me? But we we're just two in the room. But I just kept speaking, declaring what was coming out, just declaring, declaring. Then just as it came, it also just abated, you know. And then I let it go. We said, Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we went about taking our bath and doing our things. Later in the day I met a brother and then he said, He met me somewhere in school and he said, Thank you, sir. So, what are you thanking me for? He said, I had a serious problem and in the morning I said, I must reach your room before I go about my day. While I was coming to your room, as I wanted to knock on the door, I heard, Do say the Lord. So, I stood there and was listening and you spoke all. That I came for Answered my question Told me what to do So I didn't have to knock the door again And I went Amen This was many years ago Last On Thursday Here in church In our midweek service Because I, I, Thursday was my first service Since I got back You know When I came in And we were speaking words Over the brethren Prophesying A man came to see a church member that is his friend. He was to travel and he was believing God for, or he he needed money for tickets, flight ticket to travel. And if you've been traveling recently, you know that flight ticket is not beans. Amen. As uh, our pastor Delphi said, you can buy land now with flight tickets. Amen. (laughs) Because of the dollar issue. So, he came in and was coming to meet a brother in church that will assist him with money, maybe to complete his flight ticket. And so, he didn't come at the beginning of the service. The service was on. You know, just that the brother couldn't go out to meet him Likely, you know, so he had to stay in the service. And prophecies were given. And then the word came that there are alerts and checks. And amen. The brother didn't give him money. He received the money for the ticket and more. Hallelujah. He just walked in. Hallelujah. He just what? Walked in. So I don't know who just walked in. But you will not just walk out. No, you will not just walk out. This July, we had a program in our church in America. We had the same meeting in April. I was with them in April. There was a woman that was invited for the meeting. She is the boss to a church member. The lady is a church member, but um, she invited her boss. And her boss was not really into all those kind of miracle meetings, healing meetings, you know. But she attended, so it was Saturday morning session, and I was teaching them about the supernatural, the miraculous, demonstration miraculous, and all that. But I didn't lay hands on any. I didn't lay hands on her anyway. So she came into the meeting and just sat quietly. She had a condition with her throat. It had just been there. The moment she entered and sat down, the pain and the condition got left. Then she told the person that brought her, God is in this place. Amen. <laughs> Hands were not laid on her. In this atmosphere you are in, dramatic changes are taking place in your ministry. Yes, as you sit here, you represent your ministry. Yes, you represent that thing. Hallelujah. Yes, that gives you identity. And that thing is being affected as you are sitting here. Yes, These things are not. Man made. Are you understanding me? No, I'm not man made. I'm not man made. Last month, I brought here, we had the honor of hosting Archbishop Hansen and my pastor on campus. Hallelujah. How many of you were here last month? Now, that pastor, he was here. Great man of God. He's a pastor in Redeemed Church. See, there is a gift of impartations. he was my pastor on campus awesome guy he taught me a lot of things you know but I've shared this testimony several times and it's good that you met him we used to go for evangelism in school and um, we go to one block what do you call it a hostel block to the other early morning you know preach so one of those mornings he said you're going to come to our own side." Um, that was Abuja Park you're going to come our way I don't leave I was not I didn't, My room was not there I said okay um, I won't get Means of transporting myself That early to come He said you sleep in my room So okay So I slept in his room That night In the morning We went out for evangelism And that's because He is not So to speak Into that Evangelism kind of thing You know That's how he believes his more administrative Pastoral work And all that So We got to the block, and they all had to wait for me to preach. Are you understanding? So I preach in this block. They will go to preach this block. We have to do all of that before it gets to daylight, okay? Because early hours of the morning. So I was in one particular block, and I shouted. No, we normally start by saying "Good morning, students," something like that. As I shouted, he was standing behind me. I saw him move. And start going to the... He almost distracted me because I was wondering what he was going to do. When I looked, he walked to the other block and I heard him shout, Good morning, sir. And for the first time, he started preaching. Amen. That's publicly preaching. So I finished my preaching and then I said, What happened? He said, When you shouted, something jumped into me. We call that Transparence of Spirits. There will be transference of spirits tonight. Yeah. Something jumped into him. Now, understand, I did not lay hands on him. <laughs> I cannot lay hands on him. <laughs> but God knows that he needs a function. Amen. <laughs> and he went there and preached. Today I want to talk to you. Our theme is impartations. And apostolic succession. As I said the power of God came upon me. <laughs> Impartations and apostolic succession. Those are two dangerous things to combine. Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the release of your spirits. We thank you for the anointing of your spirit locating everyone here tonight. I stand in the office that Jesus commissioned me to, and I speak from that office tonight. Father, I thank you for the words you've put in my heart, and for the things you propose to do in every ministry, in every organization represented here. I pray for those shifts to take place. Those things you've shown to me, I pray that men and women here will experience them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let me start by saying this. Listen, there are commissions and mandates that God delivers to people. You cannot work out a commission. You cannot forge a mandate. Because at the end of the day, you need the witness of the Spirit. In the sense that if God sent you something, He has to stand The credentials for what he told you to do is the one that provides it. Amen. If those credentials are not speaking, there's no other way you can say, God sent me. When Moses was told to go and speak to Pharaoh and say, let my people, he said, who will I say sent me? Amen. That means he was concerned about who is backing him up. Who will I say sent me? He said, go and tell them, I am sent me. Now, he didn't have to explain who I am is. But when you go there, I am will show up. And they will know who I am is. Are you understanding me? Meaning that in ministry, it's not about what you say. It's more about what you represent Anytime time you show up. There are times where we walk into places, it's not even what we said. Are you understanding me? But if there is a mandate upon you, heaven will speak. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, you know, sometimes people... Um, you see, let me say this to you. Don't ever argue about someone's calling. It either is there or it is not there. Hallelujah. And anytime you see any minister or ministry that people honor in a certain way, recognize that there must have been something. There must be something they are seeing. Are you understanding me? There should be something they are seeing. You might not have seen it because we could be blinded by our Flesh, are you understanding me? By canal thinking. But the moment you switch and allow your spirit guide you, you will see it. Glory to God! You will see it. You will see it. There are times where, we, when we want to start this school of ministry years ago, we started this school of ministry twenty eleven January. When the spirit of God spoke to me, I talked to a few of my friends, and then I said, "Look, um, Lord, what do we do?" He said, "Just start. Invite your friends." So I invited um, the friends I know and I said look and some of them they always ask questions about ministry and have discussions about ministry you know and letters went out. When the letters went out a particular friend we're all friends we've known ourselves for many years when he got the letter he told the person that gave him the letter he said on what authority is Pastor TV calling for this meeting? And he said many other things. So that other friend came and told me that, look at what this person said. He told me over the phone. I entered my car and drove to his house. <laughs> Amen. i had never been to his house before, but I went that day. And when I arrived, I said, I came to tell you on what authority I have called for this meeting. I said, this other brother said, you said. I don't know how to say somebody. So I said, he said, you said. And so I want you to sit down. And let me tell you on what authority. As it happened to be, as it happened that day, there were other ministers that were all pairs that were there. You know, about two or three of them. So it was like we are having a meeting. So when I arrived, they didn't know I was coming, but they were there for something. So when I came there, I said, I won't talk to all of you. So they all sat down. And I said, for how long have you known me? You mentioned. I said, in all the years you have known me, is there anything I have told you that God said I should do? And then later I am not doing it. He said, no. So I said, but you asked the question, on what authority? That going was very important. By and by over the years, all of them have attended the meeting. Amen. 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 We are not doing these things because we want to do something. No. It's an inheritance. And when you understand it that way, it will help you. In the natural, my parents are in ministry. I grew up in ministry. Power of God, power of God. It's not in ministry I saw power of God. I saw power of God in my house. Amen. We grew up that way. And early, we were exposed to some things we're doing now. We are not doing these things because we studied. No, it's a calling, it's an inheritance. I was named after somebody. The person who was an apostle that brought the gospel to my village. Listen to me. This thing we're doing, eh? I cannot do otherwise. Growing up, my dad used to be involved in full gospel businessmen's fellowship. He had been a chapter president in different cities, Kaduna, Port Harcourt. They used to host Benny Hinn, 1991-92 and host meetings. Listen, we started drinking long time ago. Amen. My parents, my dad was ordained by Archbishop Benson Idahosa. I sat under the ministry of Archbishop Benson Idahosa. When I was still young, so some of you want to know where I'm coming from. That's what I'm telling you. So you cannot receive. While I was still young, before I was 13, Archbishop came to minister in a city. After he finished preaching, I was in that meeting. We were involved in carrying posters, posting posters for Archbishop to minister. After he had finished ministering, the house that hosted him, my dad took me there to visit the, 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 the family. While we were there, there's a big chair, a throne. You know, Archbishop was Archbishop in all, in every way. There's this chair they bought specifically. For bishop. So that's where he sits when people come to visit him in that house, he, they hosted him. So he had gone and they were calling people to come and receive unction. So I followed my dad there. That's what they called my dad for. When he got there, adults were sitting down praying. And I said, You go and sit down. The day I sat down there, listen to you, that thing was not ordinary. Listen to me. You know sometimes if you don't hear someone's story, you will not honor what they carry. I sat in a meeting Al Bishop was preaching in years after. Albishop passed on in nineteen ninety seven or ninety-eight. Nine ninety five was the last time I saw him. And I was in that meeting and he was speaking. I can tell you the scriptures he preached on. I could tell you exactly what he said. But while he was ministering to me, the Lord spoke to me. I said, when the ministry starts, this and this and this and this is what you will do. This is what you will not do. While Archbishop was talking. We are carrying an inheritance. My foundation in God's word is Kenneth E. Hagen. I read all his materials. All the books were littered in my house. My parents were buying all those books, so I read them. And then when we started, I said, I want to know everything Ken E. Hagin ever said about everything before I know what anybody said about anything. Hallelujah. So I read every book. I could say I've read every book Ken E. Hagin ever wrote. That's where we're coming from. Hallelujah. So understand that. So when we talk about impartations, listen to me. I am authorized of Jesus. To speak on this, in my commission, he gave me a script and he gave me a rod. The script is a teaching ministry. The rod is the apostolic ministry. When we go for meetings, sometimes he will tell me, "In this meeting, open the script and I will teach." That's what me to say. This is the rod, and I will go as the miracles and demonstrations, the things that we do. It is an inheritance. Is an inheritance. Is an inheritance. Understand it. The nations opening to us, it not, is not by careful planning. You know, you know, it is not by careful planning. It is a grace. It is a grace. Are we together? Let's open our Bibles to Romans one eleven. In Romans one eleven, Paul was speaking... And he said, For I long to see you. For I long to see you. Now, this scripture, you know, the Spirit of God has taught me a lot from this scripture. And in several meetings I've ministered in, I have touched it from different sides. He said, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end that ye may be what? Established. What he was implying was that. There are certain things that will never happen without certain impartations in your life. Now, understand that of all the churches in scripture, apart from the Ephesian church, there is so much he was teaching in Romans. If you read the book of Romans, 16 chapters, if you cannot understand righteousness without reading Romans, if you remove the book of Romans from the scriptures, a chunk of the revelation of the New Testament will be missing. Are we together? Now, so that kind of church, understand that, where he talks so much about righteousness. Obviously, you know that they are saved. You know that they have been brought into the message that Paul carried. Yet he said to them, Look, I long to see you, that I may impart The question that you should always ask is, why couldn't he impart it by writing? Because he was writing. Why didn't he say, as you are reading, receive it? This means it implies that there are certain impartations that can only happen face to face. Why didn't he say, as you are reading this letter, receive it? Because Paul understood... The ministry of impartation. He also understood greatly the, the, the law of apostolic succession. He understood it. We're in a generation where some people don't understand these things. I talked to a young man some time ago. He's a minister of the gospel. And then he started a new ministry. He said, an independent work. So I called him and I said, Ah, oh, great. After he finished speaking, I asked him, I said, Who ordained you? He said, how? He said, I was a cell leader in social ministry. A ministry, a non-ministry. So I said, okay, who ordained you ministry? He said, ordained. The Lord told me, "I so I started. And I said, man of God, we are in, in the covenant of grace. So, In the covenant of grace, you don't need the other thing. The Spirit of God has spoken to you. You can just go and do the thing that the Lord has told you. I said, okay. So I said, um, um, I think they were starting, I can't remember the dates now. They were, they were starting six years ago. So I said, I- I'll see you again. Um, let's talk. So we saw the next time. They said, There's a question you asked me that has been bothering me. You're talking as if I need to be ordained. I said, No, you don't need to be ordained as you said. He said, No, man of God, you know, if you have something, you tell me. And I asked him a question. You see, some people think that Jesus does not know what he's doing. You know, it really upsets me when people act like they're wiser than the Holy Spirit. So I said, um, "Is it? Are you doing a fellowship?" He said, "No." I said, "You're going to." Is a church. He said, yes. Are you going to have other churches? He said, yes. I said, who are the people that will lead the other churches? He said, pastors, of course. I said, so who will make them pastors? He said, me, of course. I said, okay, so you will make somebody a pastor. Nobody made you a pastor. <laughs> Let me also touch something. There's this Teaching that people begin to somehow subtly bring in and say, Oh, the era of the clergy is over, is the day of the layman. Understand something. We are all ministers, but the place of the fivefold ministries can never ever be overlooked. There will never be a time the fivefold ministries will not be needed on earth. Never. There is no move of God that will wipe out the fivefold ministries. It was never in God's plan. Glory to God. Say so, you no, know, the Spirit of God told me. And then he quoted, you know, and some people quote somebody and say, this person, this person. I said, look, there's some people, you don't know their story. You know, you can just see somebody ministering. If some of the things I'm telling you, some of you are hearing me for the first time. Amen. You don't know their story. I was ordained. Praise God. Let me digress a bit, then i come to the core of the teaching. Now, let's look at the great Apostle Paul. Hello? Apostle Paul had a vision. He was on his way to Damascus. You know the story. And what happened to him? A great light from heaven shone. And he fell to the ground. And Jesus met him there and called him to ministry. You see, Paul's ministry mandates clearly in the book of Acts. He was talking about how he had, God Has sent him to be a light to the Gentiles, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, and so on and so forth. Then he said, I was not disobedient to this heavenly vision. Now, even Paul the apostle, you know, he didn't meet Jesus in person. I hope you know. He met Jesus in a vision. And he has several visions and revelations. Yet, it pleased God that he should be led to meet a man called Ananias. Study church history. Ananias was not just a brother. He was a bishop. Ananias laid hands on Paul. Somebody that had See, somebody that Jesus had laid hands on Or that Jesus had laid hands on Had to have laid hands on Ananias For Ananias to lay hands on Paul Are you understanding me? That's what we're talking about Apostolic succession This thing started with Jesus Jesus commissioned 12 They commissioned others They commissioned orders, They commissioned pastor TV Are you understanding me? It's a line Are you understanding me? You cannot just come out and break the rants. It doesn't happen that way. Paul was at least imparted three times. Two clearly stated in Scripture. The first is Ananias. When Ananias laid hands on him, he said the scales from his eyes fell. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. That laying on of hands was not just to receive the Holy Ghost. No. That laying on of hands was a commissioning. Amen. Something transferred to him. Paul moved. Now, there's a way you read Paul's story. You would think that, oh, so-so, nobody laid hands on Paul. No. In Acts chapter 13... The Bible said, now there were certain prophets and teachers. Then he listed their names. Saul was among them. Paul that became, that was Saul. He was among them. Now, go go to Acts 13. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Mania which had been brought up with Herod, etc. and Saul. He was mentioned last. Amen. Verse 2, it now says, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, what did he say? Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto, what ordination is, is a separation to what God has already called you to do. God is the caller. And even as we said, for impartations, for every impartation, God is the source. But he uses human channels as vessels. So we see a second time people were laying hands on Paul. Amen. In case you never knew they laid hands on Paul, I'm showing you. Amen. A second time hands were laid on Paul. Okay, maybe we don't know. Verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed, and what? Please let's read together. I want to go. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. We didn't know much about the guys that they mentioned. But they must have been people that had authority to lay hands on Paul. So Paul did not just blaze out. Amen. <laughs> if you had that idea before. Amen. Hands were laid on him. The third encounter you find somewhere in, Genesis, in Galatians, I think, one nineteen into chapter 2. Paul Went to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Uh, let's look for it. Just Galatians 1. Uh, start from 18. Let me just read down. Good. Good. Okay, I got it. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. So, Paul still went to see Peter. And he stayed with him for 15 days. You think you were just drinking, eating, Domi? No, no, I'm asking you. What do you think they were doing? He met Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. He also met James, but he met Peter stayed with him 15 days. Then he left for a long time before he returned to Jerusalem 12 or so years after. Now, I just took time to show you this because... Um, Sometimes we don't understand the ministry of the Spirit in impartations. Glory to Jesus. Romans one eleven. Let's go back then. So Paul speaking, he says something he knows. He said, "For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end that you may be established in our ministry." Whatever it is we do, we need impartations on the journey. Amen. God is doing a quick walk. If a brother or a minister has to sit down and study God's word for himself and pray alone to achieve ministry, he will never fulfill ministry. Every ministry and every minister you see is... A bundle of contributions. The Bible says that every joint supplies, it. hallelujah. And those that are open to these impartations are the ones, hallelujah, that do awesome things, do massive things in the body of Christ. Let's just do some definitions and then we'll go along. Are you receiving something? So Paul spoke strongly about impartations. And remember that he was writing to, I'm trying my best not to focus so much on the Old Testament, but we see that it's a culture of the kingdom. Hallelujah. where Moses the bible says that for Joshua to step into the shoes of Moses what happened the bible says and Moses laid his hands on Joshua say Joshua was full of wisdom because full of spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him to prove that it was not an old testament practice Paul was telling them again hallelujah i long to see you that i may impart the word empath there actually means to transfer, to transmit, to pass over, to share. Hallelujah. The Greek word is my It means you have something and you align somebody, share in what you have. Hallelujah. It also means a transference of spirits. Glory to God. Paul spoke about impartation to the Roman church. He spoke about impartation to Timothy. He spoke about impartation to the Thessalonian church. He spoke about impartation to the Philippian church. He told them, you are partakers of my grace. The Thessalonian church, I think it was 1 Thessalonians 2 8. He said, look, I didn't just come to impart to you the gospel. Give me 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. Let's just read it. Are you there? He said, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, what? Not the gospel of God only, but also what? Our own souls, because you were there unto us. It was this church he told, he said, Look, when we came to you, our entrance was not in vain. You took something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the importance of spiritual gifts in ministry is what makes a partition so important. This is the way God shared this thing. Hallelujah. It's just the way He shared it. Now, remember that when the scripture was talking about the fivefold gifts and He gave some apostles, prophets, understand something. The scripture that was quoted. Along with the fivefold gifts, was the scripture talking about? He said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. He was talking about resurrection. Hallelujah. Meaning that the fivefold gifts are part of the New Testament package. Amen. They are part of our salvation. Amen. You didn't get that? That means that you had the gift of salvation, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, eh? you have eternal life, and the fivefold gifts. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. So, God doesn't see it as separate. Because it came with resurrection. It's one of the things resurrection offered to you. That means I am part of what resurrection offered to you. The prophet is part of what resurrection offered to you. So, don't see it as a separate thing. That's why this is how Jesus sees it. That he's the one blessing you. He could bless you through the prophet, through the evangelist, through the pastor, through the teacher. Are you understanding me? It's still Jesus. There are some things that you need. And the Spirit of God will lead you. Go there. You say, no! Lord! (laughs) But that's how He wants to give it to you. Amen. That's why there's a ministry of impartations. Everybody can bless. But there are people with the gifts of laying on of hands. Amen. There's a doctrine of laying on of hands. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me just read verse 1 and 2. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says, Therefore, living the principles of the doctrine of Christ, instead of listing them out, let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Is listing the the doctrines. And of faith toward God. Then in verse 2, it says, and of the doctrine of baptisms, and of the doctrine of what? Of laying on of hands. That means that these are things they taught the church about the importance of transference of spirits. That the early church practiced the laying on of hands as a... It's not just a religious rite, but they knew that it was part of how ministry will be perpetuated over time. Hallelujah. So there's a doctrine of laying on of hands. Remember the story... uh, Was it Alimas now, the sorcerer... or um, the other fellow... um, Acts 8... when Philip went to Samaria... and the fellow said, look... Lay hands on me. That I might have that gift also. What did he see? He saw that Philip came and preached. After he finished preaching, Philip would have gotten them the Holy Spirit. And he could do that. I believe he could do that. But they sent for Peter and the rest to come. Hallelujah. And then when Peter came, he started ministering to them. And they found out that anybody he laid hands on received the Holy Spirit. It was not just about receiving Every believer can help another believer receive the Holy Spirit. But the fellow there said, Okay, Simon. And when Simon saw, watch, that through the laying on of the apostles, now, it's not that. When others laid hands, it didn't happen that way. When the apostles laid hands, he said that the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money. Now, let me explain something about this man is a master in spiritism. He understands diabolical things. Are you understanding me? So he could understand what was going on. Are you understanding me? The people that just gave their lives to Christ and never been involved in spiritual things they don't understand that word. They're just seeing that people are, are praying in tongues. No. He saw something. So he came and said, Hey, you he offered him money. Look at verse 19. And then he said, saying, Give me also this power. Hallelujah. That on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. There was a response from Simon. What? Well, he says. Watch what they said, but Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. He's not talking about the Holy Ghost, he's not talking about the ability to transfer spirits. Is a gift. He you said, you, you think you can buy with money? No, you can't buy it with money. But you can receive it. Amen. You can receive it. So Paul emphasized so much about this. And we find that throughout scripture, we see this culture of impartation. And you see, I am a product of several impartations. Hallelujah. I say it all the time. These impartations are invisible but tangible transparents, hallelujah, or transmission of divine virtue. They are transmissions of spiritual gifts, blessings, or eternal substances, amen. i like to read from Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. I'll read from 1 for 4 just to, for context, hallelujah. And then I'll focus on verse 4. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Let's start from 1, please. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. The things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, that means the things we have heard are different from the words that were spoken by angels. Spoken by angels was steadfast. Every transgression and disobedience received it just recompense a reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. Now understand that our ministries started with Jesus. I hope you know that. Jesus called twelve. He called unto himself whom he would. As I said this now, this Archbishop's word I'm saying. Amen. He called unto himself whom he would and ordained twelve. I was in that service. So he said, he called unto himself whom he would. And ordained 12. Those 12, when Judas fell out, they had to pray. They didn't just say, okay, anybody. No, no. They had to pray to know who was the replacement. Because they understood apostolic succession. So it first began to be spoken by the Lord. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Now we believe that Paul was the one writing the book of Hebrews, alright? It's debatable, it's controversial, but we we'll believe the language is Paul. Them that heard him. God also bearing them witness. Verse 4. God also what? Bearing them witness. That means if you heard him, God will bear witness. Amen. there are some men of God you might not like. But if they carry something, honor it. God didn't tell you to like all the men of God. <laughs> There's no calling like that. But anywhere what you need is. Don't allow your dislike hinder you from receiving. Are you understanding me? Bishop David Eccles said he was in Cardinal. God told him, "You are go and meet my servant. He said, have you heard wrong stories about the man? You know, in those days, they used to say that he was pushing drugs because there was no minister that was as prosperous as he was. Well, it was not true. He said, go and meet my servant. He said, I've heard he said I go and meet him. If he did not meet him, you would not know him. There were dimensions that the only way he could enter it was through Archbishop." bishop. Archbishop also was there. And then he was invited to Christ for the Nations. Alright? It is a Bible school. Christ for the Nations Institute. A Bible school. Owned by on Lindsay. What was God doing? God was connecting Nigeria with what was going on. on Lindsay was one of the people that were blessed by the ministry of Alexander Dowie. God on Lindsay we are one of the people that worked with William Braham in God's generals. The reason why there's a God's general in the, in the 40s, the revival of God Lindsay was a major figure in the voice of healing campaign for those waters to enter this country. Archbishop had to go there. I'm explaining to you that there's nobody doing anything big that there's no connection. There's nobody like that. It, it might, you might not see the connection, but there is. He went for Christ for the nations, but that was not when he got there. He was frustrated in the Bible school. You understand that because he was the first international foreign student. He was the only black man in the school. You know they were talking. This guy was already pastoring before he went. You understand? He was already pastoring before he went there. At one point, he was discouraged because the job they gave him was to rake the flowers. It was autumn fall, during the fall, you know, and to rake flowers outside. So he would rake, rake, rake. The wind would blow it to scatter again. Then the devil told him, saying, this is that Because you're a black man, they gave you work outside. Other people, they gave them work inside. That was the devil trying to disconnect him. That always happens. Once that connection shows, the devil will start fighting to disconnect you. Because once that transfer takes place, you are settled. Oh, man of thought said, coming to him, coming to him, coming to him. But as God will have it that evening, was it Prophet Chuck Flynn or one of them came? And he came for the meeting that day and he gave a prophecy. That was what was said to him that he didn't go that time. If not, he would have missed it. Not long after that, one of the books they were introducing God only say school was T. L. Osborne. That's how he heard about T. L. Osborne and connected. That became his father. Are you understanding me? all the major ministries in Nigeria doing big things, most of them, you will trace their impact from 78 to 83. All of them either directly or indirectly went to Rema camp meeting in Tulsa and sat under the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagin. Are you understanding me? I'm trying to make you understand these things are connected. There were no mega churches in Nigeria until after that visitation. Redeem Christian Church mentioned all of them. The founder of Redeemed Christian Church of God, Pa Akinda Omi, he couldn't speak English. Pastor Adeboy was his interpreter. He took him to Tulsa. He said, let us go there." It was in Tulsa that he laid hands on and told Pastor Adeboe for the first time he's taking over and redeemed. It, was, it happened in Tulsa. Oh, this last visit, I was in America two weeks ago, and uh, I met um, a Nigerian pastor that came with his ministry team. You know, they came for a meeting. Not, not my meeting, another meeting. They came for a meeting. So we met there. You know, so um, a vehicle was carrying me back, and they were in the vehicle. The pastors were in the vehicle. As we were talking, the Lord just opened my and I said, look at what is happening. I said, I have flashbacks. And I said, Look at what is happening. The same way Pa Akinda and me brought Adeboye. That's how your pastor has brought you here. When you go back to Nigeria, something is going to shift. So we met, I met the bishop, you know, and then when we met, and I said, Look at God's word. The word God gave me, he was just receiving. I said, These visits. I said, Have you heard that story before? He said, Yes. I said, This is the same thing that's happening in your ministry. Okay. Parking took Pastor Adeboye and they went to a, Between 80 and 81. And they went there for the first time. Even in the meeting, it was Adeboye that is translated. What did they say? say? They say like this. What did they say? It was in the meeting. Before that time, there were no mega churches. Even Pastor Enoch Adeboye has testified about it in one of his teachings. He said, Before I went to Tulsa, I thought we were big. So when I came back, ha <laughs> there we now saw what it means to have a large church. What happened to them? Something expanded. A shift took place. It was after one of those meetings that they went back to their hotel room And then Kenobi told him to kneel down and lay hands on him. The power went off in the building. People ran into the room they were in and asked, did they put on any heavy equipment inside the room? Because the power failure came from here. There is such a thing as transference of spirits. I could go on and on and tell you stories make you understand that this thing, this thing is deliberate this thing is, is a short thing it 's a real thing it 's not a gimmick in first Corinthians twelve I will focus on verse four to six but let 's start from one you know the book of first Corinthians is very interesting. when you start the book of first Corinthians, you find that paul wanted to get into something important but the Corinthian church had so many problems they had so many problems, so he had to first take the first 11 chapters to solve their problem eh, ah, I heard that you are quarreling, I'm a member of this church, I'm a member of this church, he settled down first he said, after the next one he said follow me or follow me, even if you are there, follow me he settled down, and then he said hey, there's one guy that took over his father's wife in the church. You understand that? Are you people He addressed that one. Then he entered marriage matter. Are you understanding me? After marriage, matter, he talked about knowledge and being puffed up. After that, you know, he kept going on and on and on, talking to them. Answered the woman question: head covering, blah blah blah. Women should they preach in church? Should they not preach in church? Even Paul like, <sighs> verse twelve, chapter twelve. And I said, now concerning spiritual gifts, amen. That's where he was going to from the beginning, amen. That. I mean, that's where he was going to. Me 1 to 11 was trying to land. Amen. Now from some spiritual gift I will not have you to be ignorant. Just as you were led by those dumb idols. No man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus Christ accursed. Verse 4. In that sense, verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts. But the same spirits. Verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Verse 6. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. Now, I don't understand why the Bible interpreters decided to use different translations for the word diversity and differences. Go back to 4. 4 says diversities of gifts. 5 says differences of administration. 6 says diversities of operations. The Greek word there that was used is the same, diuresis. It actually means varieties. Amen. But you know so it should read this way. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of administration. Administration is talking about ministries, but the same Lord. Then it says, and there are diversities of operations. Operation means walkings, and a gemma. It means walkings. Are you understanding me? Mean? Walkings. They are walkings. The core the way the, the spirit functions, the same spirit, but how he functions in your own life. Now, most of the time when impartations come upon us, workings are transferred to us. The way the Holy Ghost works in that minister starts working in you. You may not have the same ministry, but there'll be the same workings. The workings. The core the function, the core function. the pattern you know there are many the gift of word of knowledge for example there are many ways it's the same gift but it operates in people's lives in different ways I hope you know that there are some people that when they are operating the gift of knowledge they actually feel, if it's about healing they actually feel the pain on their body are you understanding me? Then they know that there's somebody here being healed or so and so. That's how it works for them. Where there are some, it comes as pictures. Where there are some, it just comes as impressions. Are you understanding me? But it's the same gift of the word of knowledge, but the operations are different. Hallelujah. Now, there are The Bible talks about according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There are giftings that God has blessed the body of Christ with. Anybody that will enter into something about that has to contact that place. Amen. There are some books that if they were not published, some things will never happen in the body of Christ. You know, somebody was talking about the book, um, this guy's book, Richard Warren's book purpose-driven church. That is an apostolic book. You don't have to be of any of his denomination to read it. Are you understanding me? You don't have to be of his denomination to read it. You want to pastor and do ministry. Read it. Forget. You might see different church structures, but if you go and meet all those people, they've read that book. Because it's a Grace. It's a working in the life of Requiring. Many people did not know that Requiring was mentored by Peter Drucker, the management consultant is born again. So that apostle in the marketplace, that thing that made him, what was Peter Drucker doing in the marketplace? Setting order for institutions and companies and organizations. That thing was transferred to this man to do it to the churches. Amen. There are people that God has given nations to. You might be a businessman. If you don't meet them, you enter into those kind of things. The point is this it's a gift, it's a grace, it's an endowment. When you come in contact with them, you might be a businessman. You find that you still have, you start having nations too. Amen. That, that's what happens. You know, I used to wonder the musician Ron Kenolly how he you know they don't know Ron connolly so much in America amen but they know him in many countries outside America it's like he's in Nigeria you, you, you know him very well you, you, in those days when most of those songs were now available on the internet it was his songs they were singing lift him up his name be li-. he's not the one that sang it praise songs and they were so easy so I I was thinking, I said, this man, I was looking at the nations he had covered. saying, no, no, there's something, there's a grace, there's something. And I was sharing, I said, if Don Mon was instrumental to Ron Canole's impact. But what touched me the most was Ron Canoli's pastor, hallelujah, Dick Benner. How that, and I began to see that, listen to me, God is the master connector. The problem with some people that they have been connected. They are still looking for something. <laughs> One man I will always honor that has maximized the blessing of impartation is Bishop David Rippo. You me? He has done what nobody has done with impartations. <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? He's there. Until he collects. When he starts running with you, even you that I received it from will come and collect too. <laughs> Amen. 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 Even you that he received it from what he will do with what he received. You yourself will come to collect it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, talking about core functions, I'll come back to this. So, there are people that God has given them nations. Then there are some people that there are specific operations in their life that you need in your own ministry. He said, Jesus, give it to me. Yes, he said, I want to give it to you, but go there to get it. It's Jesus that is giving it to you. Because if he didn't give it to you, you cannot collect it. Amen. <laughs> John the Baptist understood that he said, No man can receive anything except it be given him from heaven. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. So that you even received it. it means that it's Jesus that wants to give it to you. Reverend Dr. Chris Oyakilome. Is that bishop? Amen. Many people don't know. Is that bishop? What he has done with it, nobody has done that with it. Are you answering me? It's the same thing. Is that thing? Is that thing? <laughs> nations just open. bishop sure preached the time when, uh, as at the time, uh, the last I knew, he was in a meeting and they introduced him, and they said, sure I said, Archbishop Sanders, I preached in 138 nations of the world. Invited invited. He came on the platform. He said, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord." He said, "Good introduction, Archbishop. You know, <laughs> there's no, there's nobody like him." He said, "Good introduction, good introduction." But you, you are mistaken. Uh, As at last week is 145. 145. <laughs> so I, I, know 145. Amen. You see, absolute realities. They will tell you how many nations they have covered, how many languages. What do you think it is? <laughs> What do you think it is? Amen. See, there's something about God continuing something. That thing God wants to do, we continue. You think Jesus sees just that there are many ministries on earth? There's only one ministry, the ministry of Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Tonight, I just want to open your hearts and then I believe tomorrow I'll talk more along the lines of apostolic succession. In the evening, we'll have impartations. Amen. So understand where we're going with this. I mentioned Ron Canoli's pastor, so let me just round up on that. There are people that... God has given them nations. I the told that God, they have a specific function, there's a function, there's a way they function, that you need it. Then are some people there is a way they see. Amen. I don't know how to explain it. Ministry will be easier. When you follow the leading of the impartations that God is giving to you, you will achieve more in less time. Struggles will be much less because those impartations are helps. Amen. Helps. Dick Bernal said many years back. How I many of you know Jimmy Swaggart? You've heard the name. Jimmy Swaggart was an American minister, a television healing minister that had a scandal in America. The scandal was so big, you know, and all that. So, in the heat of the scandal, Dick Bernal, which is Ron Kennelly's pastor, said he was. Just a regular pastor, nothing big was happening in his life. And then the Lord told him, call Jimmy Swaggart. Ah, Jimmy Swaggart, he said, call him. Listen, some people think that if a Mr. scandalized, it means that the heritage, it cannot be lost. When Rehan Bonke met the Jeffrey brothers, the guy was abandoned. You understand me? The denomination I was in had broken into two groups. The guy was disillusioned, just on his own. Old man, nobody's visiting him. When he laid down some bunkie, <laughs> he became real bunkie. So, Jimmy Swagat, didn't call him, so he called him and just spoke to him over the phone, and then asked that he would like to see him, meet him. A man that was already down. You know. I, was, I said, okay, I'll meet you. So I invited him for I can't remember, a meal, lunch or dinner. I can't remember what, which of them now. So they were, while they were eating, and I said, please, will you come to my church and preach? <laughs> and I said, that you're even sitting here in this restaurant with me and people are seeing you. Your ministry is already finished. Are you understanding me? <laughs> your ministry is already finished. Now you are telling me to come to your church. You want to be buried. He said, it's just the Lord laid out my heart. So he came to his church. Kai, anytime I hear that story, something inside me jumps of how little things are actually big. Little steps, big outcomes. And I'm saying to you now, little steps, big outcomes. Little efforts, massive results. Little compliance, massive release yes. he invited the guy to um, to his church to preach the swagger came ministered, his church was a small church at that time he said while well, he was ministering, there was just a man he just calls him Carl sitting at the back of the church he came because the swagger was preaching in that church After the service, Jesus said, you see that man? Let me introduce him to you. He says, my friend. Every year I've been in ministry in the last, I can't remember, 20 years, 15 years or so, this man gives me a million dollars every year. You know what the million dollars was in the 80s? Okay. This man gives me a million dollars every year. So he recently relocated to this California, this area you, your church is in. So, he now to the man, be attending this church since you are here. The man said, yes. Jimmy saw that is his man of God. Now that man is not even saved, amen. <laughs> he said, "Be attending this church." He said, yes, sir. So we we'll come to church and sit down. So Dick Ben, I wonder now. He now walked up to Dick Ben and said is there anything that you want me to do for the church since I am coming? Anything? <laughs> he said, well, uh, he said, don't ask the pastor if there is anything you can do because there are many things you can do. You know. Then he, he said, well, we were thinking of a trip to Israel and uh, we don't have enough funds to do it the way we want to do it. But as a church, the team want to travel to Israel. said, paid. The man just said, paid. So the man paid for the. Uh, this thing. Then paid for him to be on first class or so on the flight and the pastor. Now, he met Jimmy Swaggart. The reason that man is telling the story today and Ron Canole has come out of this and many have come out of this is that Jimmy Swaggart went to that church. And introduced him to one man. So they were flying I said, sorry, I forgot to tell you something about Carl. Um, sorry, Carl drinks a little. <laughs> so, don't be disappointed. You know, You think maybe I give you a spiritual person. He drinks a little. The governor said, when they were on the flight, he said, no, this is not a little. That he drinks like a fish. <laughs> that he was drinking. All through, you can take another shot. Drink. He was drinking, drinking. So, he now said... On the flight, he told the pastor, God told me to give you a million dollars. pastor was happy. Wow. Thank you. Then he pulled down his seat to lie down. Then he was trying to stand up. He now lifted his hand like this. So Dick Benal, the pastor, thought he was giving him a high five and gave him a high five. He said, what are you doing? He said, no, I thought you were giving five. He said, no, God told me five million, not one. Five, five million, five million. So the guy said, now nah. he thought he was drunk. That guy gave him $5 million. That changed his ministry forever. $5 million in those years. I think it was Pastor Ben that invited the fellow. And he said, since then, God now told him that that capacity to impart mega funds to other pastors is a grace he has. When he lays hands on you, people will give you that kind of money. <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? See, listen, this thing is easy. It is you that makes it hard. <laughs> Amen. Very easy. I want to close, but it just impressed my heart to share this with you. There is no ministry that is doing something awesome that does not have support or impartations making up for what they are doing. None. Some of you have heard about that man who got Randy Clark. Randy Clark, you heard of him? He was pastor in a church. He said in 1986... He was pastor in this church for 11 months. He had 11 members only. He said he was frustrated, distressed, and had a nervous breakdown. By 1993, he was frustrated. He said he was leaving ministry. Then, he was a fundamental Baptist minister. Then he walked into a meeting in Tulsa. The Lord led him. When he went there, Rodney Howard Browning was ministering. You know Rodney Howard Browning, holy laughter was ministering. Rodney spotted him later, and so he ministered to him. That was the beginning of Randy Clark. It's that impartation that has made him do what he's doing today. After that, 1994, he went to Toronto and they had the Toronto blessing. you know, you know the story. You see, it just continues. In Toronto Blessing, another woman of God had been frustrated in ministry, she came all the way from Mozambique, uh, Hedy Baker, and attended the conference. The power of God came upon her. Today she has planted 7,000 churches from that impartation. Talking about churches. We thank God for planting two churches here, one church here, but now we have entered 100, 200, 1,000. Amen. It's impartations impartations I'll leave you hungry for tomorrow Amen but listen these things are easy praise God so your heart keeps we're going to be talking about how you enter into these things, hallelujah but the point is to understand that the need for impartations you cannot do ministry without them glory to God someone say a loud Amen someone say a loud Amen Glory to Jesus. Did you receive something? Are you receiving something? For sake of time, I'll end at this point. But understand that the Bible says that part of what happened, if you study Isaiah 53, we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross and all that. Part of what that crucifixion made available for you as a minister is that the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in your hand. Amen. Are you understanding me? That the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in your hand. So ministry was never designed to fail in your hand. Never. And how those things begin to happen? Through those impartations, hallelujah, that come to you. At different junctions. Different junctions. That begin to open you up. you see that, see... When we talk about this impartation, understand something here. It's not that when they pray for you, then you now go and learn. you not supposed to say, I want to go and learn the principle of this ministry. You're still learning principle. Listen, this is not principle. This is spirits. <laughs> Let me explain this to you. Does a madman function in his madness in principles? Does he learn madness, the principles of madness? No, does he sit down and say, uh, when you're mad, you, you raise your leg like this? You bend your head like this? No, 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 that's not. See, madness. You see, come, let me show you. You do teach him madness. When the evil spirit possesses him, yeah, <laughs> you that, you that. He's under an influence. That's how when that partition comes, your ministry becomes under an influence. <laughs> it's not study. It's not study. It's not uh, learning uh, X, Y, Z. No, no, no. It's not study. The, it, that influence just comes upon your ministry. It just comes upon your ministry. There's this guy in Guatemala doing awesome, mighty things, awesome things. Cash Luna. You must have seen him maybe on TBN or God Channel, one of them. Cash Luna. He ministers like Pastor Benny Awesome guy. Awesome guy. Now, you know, most of the time, you say, ah, okay, you will see that it's the same spirits. The same spirits. He said in, in his early days, you know, he had been serving the Lord, serving the Lord. Then when they had a dream, in the dream, he saw Catherine Coleman. And she came with two boxes. One was full of robes, the other one was full of books. And she gave it to him and said, continue with them. In his country at that time, there were no Katrin Kuhlman books in any bookstore. The next day or thereabout, a woman met him and gave him a book, Glimpses of Glory, Katrin Coleman, for the first time. Then he read the book. Someone gave him a second one he read it. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, the same thing Kadikuma was doing is what you'll be doing in the healing ministry. I'm trying to explain to you is a transference. What you are doing now, somebody has done it before. You didn't hear me? I know where I'm cut out from. Amen, I know. And I'm, that's what I pay attention to. I study, I read, I see the mistakes they made, how to jump this side, how to you know, I study. Because I know that Ministry is a replication. Amen. When you pass, if Jesus doesn't come, somebody else will do something. Hello? Speak in tongues. Amen. Just pray in tongues. Brain talks, brain talks, brain talks. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at face 2 org or call us on 234 You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you so fast, baby.